Before we get started with today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Bolden. Bolden is a Black-owned, woman-owned skincare line that is made with Black and brown skin in mind. They're best known for their skincare products like their Daily Moisturizer, which is a fan favorite, but I've really been enjoying their Light Shea Oil, which is perfect for your face, body, and hair. It's perfectly light for the summer with a faint sweet vanilla scent, and it leaves my skin feeling moisturized and looking good for the few times I actually head out the house these days. You can use code BLACKINGRAD20, that's B-L-K plus I-N-GRAD20, for 20% off your first order on their site, BoldenUSA.com. Thanks again to Bolden for their support, and let's get on with the show. Hey y'all, it's Alante, and you're listening to Black and in Grad School, the podcast that helps women and people of color like you excel in this journey. If you're listening, I believe you are an aspiring or current scholar who wants to successfully navigate this process by sharing my experience while pursuing my PhD and interviewing other Black graduate students or early career professionals. It is my hope that you can glean encouragement, advice, and strategies that you can apply to your journey. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, it's Alante with another episode of Black and in Grad School. And today we have a super special guest, another one of a, we have a budding internet friend relationship. Uh, Kristen, <laughs> I'm here internet cousin earlier and I totally want you to know the feeling is the same. So we have Kristen here today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and then we're going to get started with our combo. So Kristen is a upcoming fourth year doctoral candidate in family science and human development at Montclair State University. She holds a BS in psychology and an MSW from FAMU. I'm so happy to have an HBC grad with me. Mm-hmm. And her, yes, and research, her research focuses on Black mother-daughter relationships, maternal mental health, and coping me- mechanisms with gendered racism. She's an avid cook and food lover and focuses on em- empowering Black families to learn family history through intergenerational cooking with her latest product, Delicious Legacy, which is the first African-American recipe binder. So we're going to have a great conversation um, with Kristen, and I want to welcome you, and thank you for coming on the show. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. (laughs) The honor is mine, truly. I'm like, I remember when you submitted for the academic content careers. I'm like, oh, I love this, but um, I'm really excited about our conversation, and we're definitely going to get to talking about this intergenerational cooking, too, so let's add that to our agenda. But... um, Kristen, let's start with how we always start. You know, how did you um, come to this area of, you know, family science, human development, and um, what really drew you in throughout your your academic journey? Well, um, my academic journey is one that's a little different. So I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, my dad um, has worked at Florida and in the university my entire life. So mm-hmm. I have been surrounded by Black excellence, Black everything since I was in preschool, because fam, you had a preschool called New Beginnings, was an Afrocentric-based preschool. So um, I've been um, around Black Black life, Black education. Um, I have a big family. And so getting to grad school and finishing that journey, it was something that was kind of always instilled in me. 
And I had a point to prove, I guess, in a sense, because my dad was the first person in our family to get a high school diploma, master's, PhD, you know, he was the first to do that. So I wanted to be able to carry on his legacy. But like, I've been a social worker and there was something that was always unique about Black families because our experiences are different. And after six years of doing field social work from hospitals to child welfare, I knew that there was something deeper that I needed to address. And a lot of it was dealing with the culture of the Black family. So I knew that a family science program, human development program would be the best for me. And Montclair State was the perfect choice. So, yeah. Very dope. Very dope. I love that. And I think that is so precious and beautiful that you can share that with your father. I know he's very, very happy to have someone to talk about the experiences with as well. Oh, for sure. That's so dope. And so um, I feel like you kind of gave us a taste into like how you decided to do the, the, the PhD route um, because it sounds like, you know, do you feel like some of the work that you're interested in could have maybe, you know, you done with your bachelor's or your MSW? What was it about the PhD, um, you know, if we take a step beyond like, you know, having the positive pressure from family, um, what, <laughs> we're going to call it positive pressure to, to, um, say, you know what, the PhD route is for me. It's a good idea for Kristen. Well, I knew that the academy was for me, but um, I knew that it was time because like, I have a lot of little, I guess you would call them, they call, they call me like mom, but they're like in college now. And the conversations that I was having with them and I was like, yeah, it's time for me to get at the collegiate level. Like, I want to talk to the next generation of change makers. So, like, I knew that my time to do a PhD was, you know, two years. I'd had enough field work with seeing the Black family in various aspects, and I was ready to impact the next generation. I knew it was it was the time for me. I love that. <clears throat> so, how do you? So you just like, you knew like, but the teaching at the collegiate level was, is the, is the end goal. Well, it's not necessarily my end goal. Um, I see it, um, I see it being my next step, but just the way that, you know, the world is going right now, I don't know, that might not be my next step. So I've always had one foot in the community and one foot hopefully will be in academia. So, you know, let's see how that goes. But I knew I wanted to do research on my Black families because it just, when I was reading <laughs> just different articles and definitely my Southern Black families, because it's a different dynamic with Black families down here. We need more research. Um, mm -hmm. And we need more research that is, that's rooted in an epistemology that reflects our experiences. And so... I knew that I could, that was something that I needed to do. I needed to start that process and whatever that looked like, no matter how hard that was going to be, that I was going to step up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. That's dope. I, I think that's really cool. And you use the word that, um, I know what you mean, but I cannot say it again. I'm not even going to try to butcher that word, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, a little bit later and I'm really excited to learn more about the frameworks that you use or lens you use to to do your work. Um, I want to know a little bit more about your experience um, or tell us a little bit more about your experience going from 
FAMU for your bachelor's and your master's and then trans transitioning to Montclair for your PhD? What has it been like experiencing or navigating uh, being a Black woman in, in graduate school there? So I'm going to tell you that I'm blessed mm. because my department is a godsend. Um, I've heard horror stories about people going from HBCU to PWI because yeah. true HBCUs are like a family. Like if I didn't show up, I had my teachers on my call on my cell phone like, um, Kristen, you good? Like, you know, we had a test day. <laughs> like, what you doing? <laughs> to have going from something like that to where I literally go to one building or whatever. But I never felt some of the pressures that I hear from my other brothers and sisters that are in these situations, but I've, I've had very, um, I've had very good advisors. My major professor, shout out to you, Dr. Stewart. Um, she has family from North Carolina, so she understands what it means to be Southern. Cause not only did I go from an HBCU to a PWI, I went from a Southern school to a northern school and the culture is not only am I talking about going into a predominantly white institution it's just the culture of people is different too but mm -hmm. I didn't have that problem transitioning just because there were already people in place and then there's another um one of my other chairs Dr. V Dr. V is from North Carolina too as well so it it just made it easier um that is that's awesome that you have had you know a, you've had a good experience you've had support you know, we don't always want to hear, you know, bad experiences. It's good to know there are places and universities and departments that um, are supportive of their Black graduate students and helping them to flourish. So good. I'm happy yeah. to hear that. You know, like, it's crazy because that was the first time I had been that far away from my family. Okay. And I have a very close-knit family. So what's crazy is crazy because I had a family member to die my first semester and I could not get it together. And I'm never one to say like, um, I don't hide the fact that, you know, I, I struggle with depression and that was something that sent me into a depressive episode. And my professors were there with me every step of the way. Um, they walked me through it. They helped me get to a place where, you know, I came back in the ring swinging, but they helped me to grieve being so far away when I'm away from some of those cultural things that are so deeply ingrained within me. So I just want, you know, there are some good schools out there. Montclair State is doing something right in our family science department. They really are. Yeah, that's, and that's good. And all of those things are real. I'm so sorry um, for your loss, especially the first semester. Like, ooh, that can really rock you. Um, but to have people that are, like you said, in place, ready to support, that that is critical. That's critical. Um, so, you know, typically I feel like I have a smoother transition right now, but I don't. I'm really excited <laughs> to get into this. <laughs> So Kristen actually was, you know, like we're kind of doing this semi-summer series, y'all, where I'm trying to like have these really robust conversations um, that like literally we just cannot fit into the summit. It's kind of extending that into this great conversation. And so like Kristen had this topic that I was really, really intrigued by. And you're going to hear my curiosity with me. like. 
usually we kind of do some prep work before this, but I was like intrigued in a way that I thought would be kind of fun for you all to also hear um, me learning us together, learning things, but like stuff I just really don't know about um, for as far as like your Kristen's work and, and like sharing it with, with us today. So I, first I want to thank you again for doing that, but this is a topic. Okay. It's called hashtag we over me using Africana womanist perspectives and building digital communities for black families. And so break that down for us. <laughs> Tell us what, what you mean. Okay. So Africana womanist. Dr. Clonora Hudson Weems, she actually created this, and a lot of people um, kind of shied away from this theory because it was it's been overshadowed. I would guess you would say by Black feminist theory, and Black mm-hmm. feminist theory puts um, the easiest way to put it is that Black feminist theory puts sex over race, where we they identify which issues with Black womanhood um, versus the Black race in total. I would say. And Africana womanism, in a sense, is where they look at the whole family. And so Africana womanism, um, Black feminist theory, and I'm going to go interchangeably between the two because they, um, a lot of people know what Black feminist theory, and I am, let me start by saying I am no Black feminist theory expert, but I'm going to give you the reason why I chose Africana womanism. And Africana womanism looks at the whole family, the whole Black family, we over me. And it focuses on the experiences and struggles and needs of Black women in the family unit. And with that, um, Africana womanism is always is about naming yourself, defining yourself. Typically with Black feminist theory, we've seen where the Jezebel, the Mammy, a lot of the controlling images that are connected to to black women, Africana womanism, they actually, um, they foster the idea of we naming ourselves. And it, it has about 18 principles, you would say, that they focus from being family centered. It focuses on um, adaptability. It talks a lot about the black family and roles within the black family. And so um, when I say let's use we over me and using Africana womanism as a framework to build a digital community, what it is is it's bringing the whole family together. Um, I think that we are in a time where things are very divisive. And I do believe that Black women need a space and Black men need a space separate to kind of get our stuff together in our own corners. But Africana womanism is a theory that allows for Black women and Black men issues to be heard collectively together and addressed collectively. So, yeah. So that is Africana womanism from my perspective. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm just like 100% intrigued. Like, how did you even, I'm, I'm going to start with, um, like really y'all are hearing this as <laughs> fresh haven't had time to think about it but it's like my train of thought is like how did you find this out of um because like you said it seems like black feminist theory even from the out someone on the outside looking in and just listening to like fellow black scholars who do this type of who do work in this in that space or looking through black feminist theory frameworks who y'all I'm nervous because this is not my space so I'm sorry um, either, but I, I had to, I had to find a framework that fit my work, you know, like, okay. yeah, like, okay. So I think that, um, 
Black feminist theory and Africana womanism both have their spaces. And in looking at my topic, um, one of my mentors, um, Dr. Nzinga Metzger, she's a cultural anthropologist and my homegirl. And so like she was putting me up on game. I call her my OG. So mm-hmm. she um, she teaches at um, she teaches at um, HBCU and she was talking to me and she was like, listen, um, I was like, I can't find a theory that really fits like the black woman's experience. You know, yes, we have these oppressing and controlling images, but we also have a facet of us which allow us to be flexible and, and to define ourselves. And I need both of those. And she said, well, have you ever heard of Africana womanism? I was like, nah. And she mm. gave me the book. She has the original book from when this came out in 1993 because she was in college. And so she broke it down to me and she was saying, well, a lot of people have a problem with like black feminist theory because they feel as, they feel as though it doesn't include the entire family. So people who are more family centered, this is a theory that may work for you. And in my work, it definitely, you know, it fit. It fit. Dope. Okay. See, that, that makes sense. You got to have, what, what I'm hearing you all is you have to, you know, stay, have have you a academic homegirl slash OG in your life. Okay. <laughs> and um, just someone who like just has been exposed to different things that can at least share them with you. That is so critical. And like you said, it's something you found something that really fits into your work and focuses on the family. So how do we bring them into this digital space, the entire family, right? Because when I think of like a family on the internet, I think of everyone on their separate phones. You know, the kids are in TikTok. Now the parents are because we're in the house. Well, I don't have no kids, but they're in the house. But they might more so be on Facebook or Instagram, but everyone's kind of doing their own thing in their own separate social lives. So how do we build this digital community for Black families? Through food. Mm. Food. I'll tell you why. The pra- the art of cooking, the art of eating together, it is a bonding experience. And in that it fosters communication. And so when we when I when I talk about intergenerational cooking, like I cooked with my grandmother. She taught me how to cook. I spent every summer with her until I was 14. And so in that, I learned a lot about her through cooking and the practice of cooking that I probably wouldn't have learned without, I would have learned some lessons and things if I wouldn't have had that, I wouldn't have learned it if we weren't cooking together. So cooking is something that is a neutral space where kids are cooking now, you have older adults that are cooking now and bringing them together with that medium and talking about cooking and eating together as a family and what happened at cook at family reunions and the energy of that into digital spaces allows you to be able to talk about certain issues, but, but having it to be a little bit more, a little bit more tasty in your mouth. in a sense. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's, that's my idea of building these communities. Yeah. And I, I think that's so beautiful. A beautiful way to think about it in a, in a in like you said a really great forum it made me kind of think like you know how did I get close to family members and it's you know it's through kind of the like you said these mutual or, or neutral spaces 
that mm-hmm. you or activity you can do with your family members. And so are you, so does that mean like you have a well maybe you can tell us more about the binder, the recipe binder you have and like where that plays into the digital space and the digital community building. The delicious legacy recipe binder. Um how it is how I'm building a space is that in this you have your own recipe cards. On that recipe card is a space for you to highlight your ancestor. It's a space for you to document um, your favorite memory, their history. And it's for you, um, we only we not only have a physical copy, but I also have a digital version as well, which allows for us to be able to store our records. Um, that's something in the Black family, I know my family, we had a problem with, is that all of our history has been burned. So in building this, we are rolling out a social media, I guess you say platform. It's kind of like Facebook, um, but it is a social media space where we allow for adults and children and our elders to come into one space and talk about food and family and Black culture. So when you see the binder, the binder is filled with pictures of old Southern Black sharecroppers. Um, It shows you Black family life. And so being able to take the essence of what that is that we have as Black families and then transferring that into the digital space with the deli, with our social media platform, it allows for us to be able to have these conversations about what it means to build a strong and healthy Black family. Oh, that sounds amazing. And I really love the way that it sounds like you've kind of found, um, you know, your your love and passion for the research, but also with your own stories of your personal life and then um, kind of with your passion and, and love for cooking, bringing them all together into like this really, really dope concept and product now for us to to like be a part of I think that is that's like what I hope for everybody who like decides to go down this graduate school route is really like making the most of your expertise I'm not just saying like that's something that I always kind of prayed for is you know God allow me to put all of the pieces together to create my picture and to create my puzzle and to allow me to put those in the correct places that I can see the big picture. And so I try to always see how any situation or every part of me is connected so that I can put this thing that that is Kristen, whether that's in the academy or whether that's in the community, or and to intertwine them both to create something that impacts people in the academy and people in our community, because we can't leave yeah. either behind. That's right. And it sounds so fulfilling hearing you talk about it. It is. It's a lot of work. Oh, I understand. I understand. <laughs> Doing something you love takes a lot of energy. But I think that's really, really dope. And I'm I'm really excited about the delicious legacy and deli. And now I'm like excited to get in the kitchen with my mama because I typically have an attitude because she's bossy. Love you, mom. But yeah. You gotta listen, you gotta you gotta bow to the queen. That's her kitchen. Look, she be doing some much. She like her her sweet potatoes a certain size, and if they not exactly the size she wants, she But she, she teaches her discipline. She te- Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. 
<laughs> I know she tells me, you know, it's going to be a day you wish you was in the kitchen cooking with me. And I'm like, I, I know you're right. So I'm going to apologize and do what you say. But you've given me a, a refreshed perspective, Kristen, on cooking with my family and really taking advantage of <laughs> And hopefully y'all listening feel the same way. Like, go, you know. Get a re- or get a recipe from your family. You know, if you are um, living away from home, um, that's something that I always I do every now and then. I'll, I'll cook something, but I'll call my mom to like walk me through that particular dish. So see, and then when you get the digital version, which I'm going to send you, Yay. when you get the digital version of the binder, then you can then start cataloging that in your delicious legacy binder. <sighs> I love that. Now, okay, so here's a question. Now I'm just being petty. I really hope my mom listens to this. Episode. Come on, how you, how you, you know, black folk cook with the spirit, right? You know what I mean. Yeah. A couple shakes here, and a couple shakes there. So, so do you have um, any pointers for um, your cousins like myself who I need measurements? I'm an engineer, and I, my brain doesn't. It can't a hundred percent get with. Shake it till it look till it's about covered. I struggle. So, do you have any tips for us? You know what, sis, you are right on point. So, I have this measurement system. It's called the Dad Sprinkle in the Pinch. Uh huh. So inside my measurements, um, inside the binder, there is something that will help when your grandma, or your mama tell you, well, just shake it. I have a, I've, I've, I went and I did an experiment for my, you know, analytical folks, and I looked to see how much it was, and I have it in the binder. You saving lives right now. You are saving <laughs> lives. Yeah, and look out for more content because that's some of the things that we're going to be discussing on my um my website. You can go to www.blackfamilystyle.com or you can yeah. find me on um IG well on Black Family is is my personal one that I talk a lot more about my food. I mean, on Black Family Style or some, but I really talk more about like my food and Black Family journey. At Black Familyist. Perfect, perfect. And I'll make sure that um we we typically get like your information again at the end and I'll put it in the I show notes. Oh no, you good, you good, ain't no problem. Um, so you really are saving lives though, I want you to know that. So what I wanna know next is, you know, you've got this amazing platform that you're starting and in the Licious Legacy binder and you know your a doctoral candidate and so what's next for Kristen girl I don't know you know like I used to be one of those people that was always looking like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and I realized that you absolutely have have zero control and if you just show up every day the path will lay itself so I'm just working I like that do you have any advice for graduate students, black graduate students who maybe are just getting started and um, are maybe trying to figure out, like you figured out how to like meld their passion and their research and their, their interests? Well, I would say do inventory. And inventory is like doing that self-work where you're looking at what makes me What's something my mom always used to say? She said, you better pick the major that you want to do because I can't make you get up uh, in the morning and go to school or I can't make you go to that job. So I, I took inventory of what were the things that were that that burned my passion and like what is the things that um, 
that I wanted to learn about. And the thing that I loved the most, it was what food, God, and black folks. Those are my three things. And so that's how I moved. And that's, those are, that's how I did my scholarship. That's how I chose. So I just, you know, the best advice I can give people is do the inventory of what's going to move you because this, this road gets very hard. It's like you're reading. You have to really want to do this. It's not for the titles. If you're doing it so you can put some letters, this is not the reason you do it. It is a haze. <laughs> it, it is something that you have to be dedicated to. And so this is the best advice I could give. I couldn't agree more. Um, and I want to thank you for sharing your story. I want to thank you for honoring us with this announcement. Oh, we're going to show we are going to show you as much love as possible, Kristen. Um, you already know it's time for Lessons from the Trap. Hey. So I am a Trill ENT fam stan. I don't know if y'all know what that is. I'm from the South. Trill ENT is Webby and Boosie. Now, Boosie's been in the headlines lately for saying yeah. something stupid. But I'm mm-hmm. talking about Boosie 2006. So we're going to just judge him from that space. My song is Better Believe It featuring Young Jeezy and Webby, particularly Webby's part, because Webby telling you, you better believe it. On those days where I feel like, am I going to make it? Like I got all this on my plate. I turn this song on and it tells me like I don't went from the bottom to the top. You know, I done got it, got it out the mud. You done put in all of this hard work and keep it moving. So that is my lesson from the trap from Better Believe It, particularly Webby's version at the end where he rides all the way out. And he tell me to believe in myself and keep it moving because you, you come from strong people. Yes, I love Thank it. You. you know, uh, Detroit <laughs> love uh, Young Jeezy. So, you know, it still fit right on in. It's perfect. Yes. Tell us one more time where we could follow you on social media. So I would love for you guys to follow me at Black Familyist. That is my personal, I would say personal blog, but I talk a lot about food and family. But if you want to hit me up on my scholar side, you could then hit me at Black Family Scholar. Um, my podcast is on all streams. Um, it's streaming on, I think, Spotify. It's streaming everywhere. But Black Family Scholar, you know, in... That's where you can find me. I'm always a DM away or email away. I love to hear from people. Very dope. Like I said, y'all, it'll be in the show notes. And you've seen Kristen on the Black and the Grass School page before. We did a highlight on her mm, probably a couple months ago now. But um, definitely, definitely go show her some love. I will have links to all of her awesome, awesome stuff going on. Um, Kristen, thank you again for coming on the show. No, thank you for having me, man. Of course. All right, y'all. Grad school stuff, but you're tougher. I'll talk to y'all next time. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Black and in Grad School. For more content to help you on your grad school journey, check out blackandgradschool.com. That's B-L-K-I-N gradschool.com. Love this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Until next time.